The Bridge This week I was sat on a bench overlooking a bridge and I realised how much I love bridges and how they represent an incredible picture of Jesus. I looked at the bridge again and it hit me just how powerful and important this bridge really is. There's no way across it without it and beneath it was a deep chasm impossible to cross and climb. Then I saw a vision of the bridge broken and incomplete. I saw it destroyed and there was no way across like it had been hit by a bomb. This overwhelming feeling hit me that for those who do not have a life in Christ, that bridge to the other side is broken. Just across this bridge is salvation, healing, freedom, life, and an eternal future. But this world cannot cross it. To them, they can only see a chasm and a broken bridge. God reminded me of this scripture. There was a certain man, rich man, who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off um, and Lazarus in in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. In death, there will be no bridge for those who live for themselves, but there will be torment. Galatians 2.20 says, It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. If we are not born again, we will see the other side, but we will not be able to cross Seeing the bridge gave me a visual representation of a reality that was to come and I felt sad. God showed me that as people approached the bridge, there was a toll booth with a barrier that you had to pass through to be able to cross over. Around the booth were what looked like security guards. I felt God say to me, there are people in my church who will get to the toll booth and not have the right fee to get across. He said that there are people in this very building who are playing games with me and they think that they can pretend and that 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 will be enough. But he said that when people arrive at that toll booth, they will offer me their works and their efforts. They will try to pay with their own righteousness and their riches that they have stored up for themselves. People will be desperate to get in, but they will not have the right payment to cross over. 
I saw people being refused entry and being referred to tents nearby. And when I looked over, I could hear cries, sobbing and screaming. I looked back at the toll booth and saw a family of four arrive. They seemed happy and excited. I saw a mother being let through with her daughter. But when she looked back, she saw that her son and her husband were being turned towards the tents. The mother looked confused. She cried out his name in shock and couldn't understand why. But when I looked at the husband and the son, they did know why. I felt God say that the man had just gone to church to please his wife, but had not believed or followed Jesus, and that through his unbelief he had pulled his son away from God, introducing him to a compromise, and to trying to be a cool dad he ended up giving his son license to sin. I saw the man and the son fall to the ground, holding his son, sobbing and saying sorry, I am so sorry, over and over. When I looked back towards the mother and the daughter, they were not there. But I noticed that this was happening all around. There were more toll booths. Parents were left behind. Children, lifetime childhood friends were separated. And all I could hear were cries and apologies. I felt God say, you cannot pretend and get away with it. You cannot fake your faith. He sees you. And even though you are in church today, worshiping, tithing, amening messages, he is saying to some of you, he does not know you. This is a warning to the church. This is a vivid picture that those who say that they are Christians will not get to pass the toll booth. But now is the time to change that. Now, not tomorrow, because tomorrow is no guarantee. Today is the day of salvation and the day to change. Do not be left behind and do not get separated. As I looked around at this horrible picture, I was not angry with God as I perhaps expected to feel. I felt sadness for the people who had lived a lie, believing that they could fool God and now when it was too late, they understood. I thought in that moment, how many times had these people heard sermons, listened to messages that could have changed their lives, read scripture that challenged them, but they did nothing with it. Why? I saw the husband and the son disappear into one of the tents and I started to cry and I could hear the overwhelming apologies and cries of the people in the tents. Then I looked over to the toll booths and I saw a man who was stood upright but tears were just falling from his face. The tears did not stop, they just flowed and flowed and then I noticed holes in his hands and I knew it was Jesus. I hadn't noticed to this point that he had been walking to the various toll booths and as people arrived and as people stepped up I could see him either nod his head or shake his head and for every shake I saw sadness in his eyes but for every nod he would smile and embrace that person as they walked past the barriers. I witnessed a young teenage girl walk through and she embraced Jesus and it was beautiful but behind her were her parents and Jesus shook his head and the barrier came down. The girl hadn't noticed this and just skipped on towards the bridge, but the parents fell to their knees and wept. I felt God say that they had encouraged their daughter to go to church and drove her to youth groups, camps, and Sunday school, but they had never sought a personal relationship with me. They had followed the traditions of the father's family by sending her to church, and through attending, the daughter found me, but they never made time for me. They felt there were more important things to do 
than church and religion. I looked at them and like all the other people who had been refused, they, I could see that they knew. My heart started to break as I saw many people being refused. I felt surely God, this can't be the future. Are people this dead to you that they would choose to reject you in favor of living a selfish life? Everything they own, everything they've worked for is of no value now. None of it will be enough to gain access across the bridge. What a waste of life. I felt God say some of them blame me because they believe it is me rejecting them. When I did everything I could to save them, I have never and never will reject them. They, they are refused access to the bridge because they reject me. I asked God, why do they believe this? He said, because people teach that my love is unconditional, that because I love them, there are no consequences to their actions. They grew up believing that I came to give them license to do what they want because I am an all-loving God who loves them unconditionally. But nobody has taught them that following me comes with conditions. And if people do not come to me humble, repentant and willing to start again, knowing that the wages of sin is death, but my gift is eternal life. That gift doesn't give people license to sin, but my gift of my life defeated its power. And yet all people do is use my name to hand back the power to sin. I felt angry that people would be willing to destroy lives just to justify their own sin. Why would people be so determined to steal someone's salvation for their own satisfaction? Why is this world so evil? I looked at the toll booth and saw such a character, character approach the barrier with a group of people, hundreds of them. And they were singing and celebrating as they approached. But this person was smirking and seemed so smug. I thought it was odd until I saw one by one every one of those people being refused entry. They weren't sad like the other people, they were angry. I saw them trying to plead their innocence, but they got no response. Then I saw them turn to this person who was still smirking and they shouted and complained. You said if we did it your way, we would make it. The person just shrugged and proceeded to walk towards the tents um, with all the other people. That was until one of the guards approached them and started to walk them away towards a different area. I hadn't noticed this area before, but it was so much darker and more terrifying than all the other areas I had seen. Then I saw that the smirk left their face and they were no longer, no longer looking smug. Their eyes widened and they started screaming and saying, no, not in there. I felt God say to me, not every one of you should become teachers because those who teach will be judged more harshly. Then I looked over to the toll booth and I saw an area near the barriers there was a person behind a desk and above them it said complaints. And there was a huge queue leading up to this desk. I've moved closer to see what it was all about and heard the first person in the queue saying, it wasn't my fault. It was the people from my past that held me back. The person behind him said, yeah, it wasn't my fault either. I was let down by my church pastor. Then the third person chimed in and said, that's nothing. I would have got, I would have got involved, but I couldn't find a church that I liked. 
there just it wasn't enough options you really need to work on that I saw the person behind the desk just sigh and then pointed to a board next to them the three people read what was on the board and just turned around and walked towards the tents with everyone else I went over to the board and it read search me O God and know my heart try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I then heard a noise and it was some really expensive vehicles pulling up to the toll booths. Then I saw people I recognized getting out of their cars, celebrities, sports people, businessmen, models, TV presenters, singers, actors, and as they got out of their cars they shouted to their drivers to bring the cases. I saw these celebrities approach the toll booth and the chauffeurs carrying these gold looking cases behind. One of the celebrities took the first case and placed it on the toll booth and I saw Jesus just shake his head. So the celebrity said, not enough, fair enough, and added another case. Jesus refused entry again. The celebrity said to his chauffeur, bring that third one up. And as the chauffeur approached with the case, Jesus nodded his head. The celebrity barged past the chauffeur towards the barrier, but Jesus shook his head and pointed to the chauffeur and nodded. I saw the chauffeur drop the case and run through and hug Jesus. And then I turned and I saw the celebrity walking towards the tents, muttering something under his breath about how, it sh how he should have listened to the chauffeur when he told him about Jesus. I then saw one of the toll booth guards pick up the gold cases and throw them. I noticed for the first time a pile of jewels, gold, expensive cards, deeds to properties, expensive clothing, all dumped in a huge pile between the toll booths and the tents. I then saw out the corner of my eye a Christian celebrity walking towards the tents. I was shocked because they seemed so, to be so sincere in their faith when, they, when I saw them thank God at the reward show. I looked at Jesus as if he had perhaps made a mistake and tears falling down his face he just shook his head. I felt God say, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? This place to me felt so dark and full of hopelessness. I started to feel overwhelming sorrow and just felt I needed to get to Jesus before this place overcame me. I ran over to the toll booth and hoped to get that nod. And I saw the barrier lift and I hugged Jesus and I didn't want to let go. Time felt like it stood still. I wept and held on, but I didn't feel rushed. The hug ended and Jesus looked into my eyes and he smiled and he pointed towards the bridge and I could see up ahead was my family. So I started on my way to cross the bridge. I started walking across this bridge. I looked down, the bridge was very high up and if it wasn't there, there would be a huge chasm between the two sides. I looked down and I saw the mud of the river and all I saw was my sin. That without the bridge, the thing between me and God was my sin. The deep, sticky, sinking mud that you cannot cross over. And if you tried to do it without the bridge, the mud would just consume you and you would sink and die. I looked down and I could see people trying in their own strength, trying to get across. They were trying to bypass the bridge and the toll booth and do it themselves. It was hard to hear, but I could hear them say, I'm a good person. 
I'm a good person over and over as they waded through the mud until eventually they just disappeared beneath it, never to be seen again. God reminded me that I was once in that miry clay until Jesus set me on the rock and I smiled. And as I looked down at my sin, this incredible feeling hit me that I wasn't in that muddy river, but I was on that bridge, high above my sin and so far from it. In that moment, I was just so thankful for Jesus that he had made a way. I looked forward and saw the gorge leading up to the other side and again I saw people trying to climb, climb up it with no ropes or help. Again it was faint but what I heard was, I can do it myself, I don't need a mediator, I don't need anyone's help. And I watched in horror as one by one they fell to their death. Then I felt God say, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ who gave himself a ransom for all. And he is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other way to me. I then lifted my head and saw my family not far ahead. I noticed people who had been on the journey with me, with Jesus, friends. Some people I didn't even expect to see, seeds that were planted long ago that I felt were wasted, and yet there they were. All of a sudden, the thoughts of the toll booth, the tents, the gorge, the Sin River, left me and all I could feel was joy. I looked forward as I crossed this bridge and I just smiled and I knew with every step I was edging closer to eternity. I had heard the voices of the people that were walking on the bridge and they were saying a highway will be there, a roadway and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it but it will be for him who walks that way and fools will not wander on it no lion will be there, nor will any vicious beast go up on it. These will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord will return, and come with joyful shouting to Zion, and with everlasting joy upon their heads, they will find gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I could see a great light as I walked towards the end of the bridge, and it was so beautiful. I felt emotional, overjoyed, excited, a little apprehensive of what I was about to witness, but I was at peace. And as I caught up to my family, I closed my eyes and we entered this great light together. And then I heard a voice say, welcome home.